guys, I know it's interesting that when we started this podcast all those years ago, it feels like all those years ago now, um, how quickly we thought we were going to get to have a national championship winning podcast. It's finally happened. Here we are in January of 2022. It happened. I saw it live. Will, you saw it live. Scott, you turned out a great video on it. Our University of Georgia Bulldogs are national champions. Well, I've had a piece of chicken. I've had a little drink. I've looked at all the girls, given one or two a week. I'm sitting in my seat, radio to my ear. The stars bang a banner. The crowd's opening cheer. I've been waiting since last Saturday. See another one beat. Friends, it's time once again to let the big dog eat. What's up? You're listening to episode 302 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall. I'm joined via Zoom by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And this, this is it. This is the celebration episode. This is the post-game of the post-game. It's the realization episode of Georgia becoming national champions. Now, we'll be doing a deep dive later. And when I mean later, I mean very soon. Uh, the nuts and bolts of really what the game meant, uh, you know, when it comes to the offensive and defensive struggles. We might get into that a little bit today. But this is the feelings episode, like I said. And um, we couldn't be happier right now. So uh, without any further delay, here's Will to get it all started. Because it's time. All right, Will. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> it's a shame we're on Zoom because we would actually be dancing around the podcast studio right now. I think it's like the end of Bull Durham, not the part where they're making out and having the candles. Uh, out the it is a little bit when they're dancing <laughs> and eating the cereal. Uh, that, that that moment, yes, uh, very exciting. To be clear, uh, I was going to give the parameters for this episode because this will be a shorter episode. As you can probably already tell uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we're on Zoom. We can get into uh, into that, but more to the point. Uh, there's stuff going on with the team. Some guys have turned pro. We've some guys have entered the transfer portal. We will have a show about that. That's what we do here. We're not we never retiring the way this Saturday podcast since they won a national championship. However, uh, I'm not ready to talk about that yet, and I know I totally understand anyone that doesn't want to talk about it yet. Or I'll put it this way: if you're really, really fired up about these things, you are not appreciating what has happened. <laughs> I think there, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that we're not like going to be invested in what happens in the 2022 into the 2023 season. We will have plenty of time to talk about that. But it has been a week. It's been one week. Exactly. Today, since Georgia won the national championship. So the idea that we should go into a deep dive on the three, on the three deep, and what does this mean for the program? And can Kirby do quarterbacks? Who cares about any of that right now? Georgia won the national championship. So let's all celebrate that for this podcast. Everyone just have our little glorious little celebration. We'll get back to business. This is not a business trip, this podcast. We are not, we are attacking today, but the drill has already been finished. So we're just going to enjoy ourselves on this one and, and get get deep into our feelings. And I think that's a perfect way to pass the mic to Tony, who is as into his feelings as anyone that I know. Right now. Dude, I mean, guys, I, uh, I mean, I'm I'm still a week out, speechless, right? That this is a thing that actually happened, and in and, and the um, two a.m. screaming into a uh, screaming into a phone and getting my five star 
Airbnb um, raiding ruined in Indianapolis, I I, I, <laughs> I I keep harking back to the moment of like like we gotta live in this moment, right? And and I keep harking back to uh, Ringo's interception and the fact that I missed him running the ball back because I was jumping up down, like literally sobbing in my wife's shoulder, screaming, "Oh my God, it's actually gonna happen!" And um, it's uh, it's really it's really interesting how, yeah, you know, it's funny. We, uh, I text often with our friend Matt Adair, who was a big Alabama fan, and and like, how do you how you deal with this? And he's like, just enjoy it. And it is really interesting how a lot of the things out there that over time that you let annoy you about whether it be Twitterdom or other Georgia fans or other fans, it just doesn't matter because I can't hear you because of that banner flapping in the wind right now over Sanford Stadium. And it's amazing. Um, if you listen to a fantastic podcast uh, called uh, Men and Blazers about soccer, uh, Davo is always saying, Tony Roger, you're not a better person because your team wins or loses. I disagree with that. And I'm not a better <laughs> person because Georgia are champions. I'm a better person because I'm a far bit more chill about shit because Georgia won national champion. Amen. Yeah, I think that's it, right? That's the that's the trick. Is uh, again uh, today, like for example, today JT Daniels supposedly or entered the transfer portal, and not only like again, I know that is quote important and it matters, but it doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter right now at all because uh, uh, this is because we're here. Uh, I really want to. I really feel like listen. I got here in 2013. It only took me nine years. I said this on the post game <laughs> show. It only took me nine years. You two, apparently, you needed me to come and assist you. Your 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 journey has taken you not only uh, more intimately, of course, involved with the program, but of course, uh, for a longer period of time. So uh, I know this will come as a shock to all of you, but I really want to be a little bit quieter on this podcast because <laughs> I feel like this is for like I'm excited about. It. Obviously, it was very exciting. We can talk about the parade. I was at the parade. It was great. Um, but you know, this is a feelings podcast and you guys have been building up these feelings for a long time. How about we talk, uh, uh, uh Tony, uh, we'll start with you and then go to Scott about the act. Cause my, my experience of watching the game was I was sitting next to Seth Emerson in the press box the entire time. Uh, and, uh, it was, Seth is a very fun person to, 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 to kind of narrate, uh, have a back and forth during a game. Cause he knows it very well. And he's also, uh, like me pretending to be dispassionate, <laughs> but, uh, certainly, uh, he, he knows there's a book contract in it somewhere for him if he, if they win the game. So, uh, but it was, he was, it was fun to do, but to me, the real celebration didn't happen until later. And the, I, I, my emotions were kind of bottled up a little bit while watching it, while it kind of get released later, later, you guys did not have that experience. So I would love to hear each of you kind of talk about the experience of what it felt like, not just during the game, but at the big moments in the fourth quarter, uh, generally just what, what it felt like, uh, Tony, you go first and then we'll get the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Scott perspective. Well, essentially I talked about eight air a minute ago. He texted me at halftime and asked me how I felt. And I was like, well, you know, I felt like I've kind of seen this all before. Um, something's going to happen in a minute. Alabama's going to score two quick touchdowns. We've been out on 17 points and that's it. Um, what I was looking for when we started in the third quarter, I swear this is an analyst podcast. It's just like basically I saw when we came out and started running the ball and moving the ball, it's like, huh, Munkin has done something. He's figured something out. And then we were continuing able to hold Alabama. I felt like that, that was a harbinger of good things. And even after the Stetson fumble and having watched it now 24 times on the recording to the point I've worn out my DVD, it was a fumble. Uh, he did recover it. Um, 
you sent the text, Will, asking gents, how do you feel? And I was like, I feel strangely calm. And that is exactly the way I felt even after the touchdown pass to Bowers to go up on um, as Alabama was trying to drive down the field until the moment Ringo called the ball. And then I, I mean, I have never felt, I have never felt that, that, you know, like that. I, I very much felt in Zapatico with Stetson on the sideline crying because it was in just one of those <clears throat> incredible moments of catharsis where you realize this thing that you have, you've, you've put a lot of emotional energy into was actually going to come true. And, um, you know, not, I mean, just a feelings podcast, but not to get too much into that. Um, it took me a solid 30 seconds after Keeley scored the touchdown to realize that this was a thing that had happened and was going to happen. And I never, I mean, even the last 51 seconds or whatever, Alabama had the ball. It never bothered me. It never, I, I thought, no, no, like in the words of Jack Peterson, we are those MFers. And um, it it was an incredible feeling. And there have been a couple of great videos out there uh, showing some heartbreaking moments over the past 40 years, like happening interspliced with, uh, you know, the, the catch and Ringo's return. Uh, that's kind of the way I felt. It's like being there at Georgia Dome with Coley, uh, with Conley catching the ball. Uh, being in Florida with uh, with Edwards dropping the, the pass, being um, you know just all the moments where we came so close, uh, the second and twenty six, all of those moments were just like, you know, if that's if that's what you got to hold over me right now, as far as my fandom goes, it matters not because we're going to raise a banner at Sanford Stadium, and those guys down on the field are national champions, and that's exactly the way I felt about it. For those of y'all that. Might have been confused about the intro. That was uh, the song Let the Big Dog Eat by Clisby Clark on when we started. And that's kind of where we got the name of this podcast. So uh, Will and Tony kind of suggested, hey, let's throw that on the intro. I think we said that on episode 300. And I think that's a great idea because, you know, it all comes full circle. I guess you could say from that uh, that meeting uh, back in 2005, the summer of 2005 at Grindhouse Burgers. When, 2015, uh, 15, not 2005. 2005. I didn't know any what? of you. I didn't know of you. I no, didn't know my wife in 2005. I did not know you all in 2005. <laughs> um, that explains why I'm so tired of block. Applying. Oh, my God. <laughs> but as as for the feelings, um, I mean, I can just go to YouTube and see what my feelings were like. Um, I made a video. I mean, I, I think about it's gotten about 34,000 views, and I've gotten – 400 comments on it. Uh, I think I've responded to all of them. And here's the thing. Uh, I'll talk about the the aftermath of the video first. I have been amazed with the amount of other SEC fans jumping in the comments, leaving a positive comment. A lot of Alabama fans, LSU, Tennessee, uh, those kind of are, are the main ones. Texas, ton of Oklahoma fans. Um, saying that they were glad to see Alabama get it handed to them, but they were happy for us. I'd say 90% of the comments were they're happy for Georgia. And, you know, I mean, sure, that makes me feel good. I'm, I made something that, that touched some emotions on people and everything, but, but it's just really cool for all the fans, the fellow Bulldog fans that have left comments on the video, because I realized that's why I guess I felt this need to make the video because it was like, it was like what everybody else was doing. It wasn't Indianapolis. We all reacted the same way. Um, I had people call me saying that they were jumping up and down and tackling each other. I've seen the, the other Georgia fan videos about what happened, but 
I'm just buzzing with content. And I think I've said this with the Braves. You know, I, my, I, my eyes got wet. I didn't boo-hoo uh, for the Braves or for the dogs. Um, but I was just immensely content and so, so happy. I mean, like, like so happy that a weight had been lifted on my shoulder, some burden, like I was Atlas just trying to hold up the, the burden of being a, a Georgia sports fan. And then constantly in the years past, having to look in my, my son's eyes when they're on the verge of tears, and whether it be the, the Falcons Super Bowl loss, the shoot, even the Hawks loss in the playoffs last year, they were devastated. The Braves continual um, misfortunes, but and especially the Bulldogs, because that's the number one for me. Um, the weight, the, the burden, that's how I've explained it multiple times to my dad, to my kids, even though they're relieved. I mean, I got a 15-year-old, 13-year-old, and 11-year-old. They're kind of like, Will, they just kind of got into this thing. Tony and I have been feeling this uh, pressure like all of y'all for so long. But, um, you know, I think that uh, it's just one of those things where it's not going to keep me from wanting Georgia to win every game and win the SEC and get back here next year. But it's going to take that moment away from you after you step away and you get home or you're driving home in your car and you just felt that somberness and destitute feeling like after 2012. It's not there anymore. It's gone. Sure. I'm going to be really disappointed if the dogs blow a game they shouldn't uh, lose this coming year. Sure. But that feeling of content and pure and utter joy, I can't explain it except for all of you other Georgia fans who have also experienced what I just did. It's, it's a gift that's been given to me. Keely Ringo, Kirby Smart, Stetson Bennett, Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean, all those guys gave me peace and happiness and joy when it comes to sports fandom. And I think that's really important for my overall mental health. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, this morning, uh, I, I often, on days where I was available, I go run at the Specktown's track. They track, uh, I run the Oval uh, over there. And of course, it's right by the Dooley statue. Uh, I went there this morning and there was a construction dude uh, uh, that, or he had the vest of a construction dude after he, <laughs> he was he hunting. Destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he, he just attacked a construction dude and taken his vest or more likely it was a construction dude. And I, I, I was, I just finished my, my run and I was in my, I park right there uh, past the Bennett statue. I mean, the Bennett, the Bennett statue, <laughs> the Dooley statue. Um, I, I, I parked right by the Dooley statue and I literally walked by. He didn't know I was there. He didn't see me. And I walked by and he was just standing there with staring, looking up at the Dooley statue with just the most goofy ass grin on his face. And I feel like that sort of thing, whether you're looking at the Dooley statue, whether you're looking at highlights of the big play, whether you're looking at old, photos or whatever you're doing um i feel like that's something i certainly saw a lot of people at the parade with a look like that as well and yeah. that was a public one but i think people are doing that in private as well in a way that's pretty exciting it reminded me you know uh, one of the things i've always kind of warned georgia fans to be about uh is after they win one uh don't be like red Sox fans be like cubs fans and i say that as a cardinals fan it pains me to say that but cardinals cubs fans were cool about get, breaking the curse red Sox fans is, are, have been nothing but jackasses uh, <laughs> ever since uh so be like cubs fans and, and before and, and, yeah, before they were, but like, they, but like, there was a moment where people were happy for Red Sox fans right. when they won. Uh, everyone was happy for Cubs fans too. But I think people are still happy for Cubs fans. No one's happy for Red Sox fans uh, anymore. And I, the, the example I always use of this is, and I'm sure you guys know a lot more people like this than I do, but I of course know some as well. 
the big thing was on Waveland Avenue uh, after the Cubs, because the Cubs won on the road. They won in Cleveland, just like uh, just like Georgia did not win in Atlanta. They won in Indianapolis. And there was a wall on Waveland Avenue where people uh, started at like within like 15 minutes of the game going over, went over to Waveland Avenue and started writing the names of their loved ones that never got to see a Cubs World Series. And it became like a huge thing. And everyone started, people made pilgrimages to go see it and to go do it. And like from all over the country, they made a privilege of this. I think they ju- they finally painted the wall like six months later because they couldn't have, it was like, it's graffiti. Like eventually they, they were going to use that wall for something. But like they kept it for like a, such a long time of people just going there and just writing the name of their grandfather or their dad or their mother or their grandmother or their, or their kid or whoever was a Cubs fan that never, that waited their entire life to be able to see a Cubs World Series and never did. And I know uh, 1981 is not 1908, but it's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. And I, so I know that you have all lost people in the last 41 years. And, uh, and so the idea, I'm sure people listening have lost someone in the last 41 years. And, you know, I, I've always joked about uh, my wife's Columbus friends and how like there's mm-hmm. a certain kind of fandom uh, sort of thing. And I do. And, and whatever one's thoughts about their tactics or their methods, that was all driving in that one thing. They gotta win one. They gotta win one. Everything pointed in that direction. Never minding just the practical matter of hiring Kirby Smart and everything that they're doing. But just like the whole mindset of the fans in a way that it's cost them, I would argue, Georgia fans from enjoying some pretty awesome things. Absolutely. Because this has been such the single-minded focus for so long. Listen, there's still gonna be a focus on winning championships. That's the old George Carlin line. Like, how does cocaine make you feel? It makes you feel like doing more cocaine. Like <laughs> when you win a, a championship, you end up wanting another one. However, that burden, that weight is gone now. Like there's still gonna be pressure, it's still gonna be frustrating, but the weight's gone. And uh and th- that is it's something that I think not that many fan bases have. It's a special thing. I'm I'm, do, I'm working on a piece this week about tortured fan bases in all sports left. Because I think the Cubs are one of the big ones. I think Georgia was one of the big ones. I would argue Michigan football is one of them now. It's probably the biggest one in college football. Uh, maybe Oklahoma. Some might say Oklahoma. Um, but uh, I'd like, say Notre Dame. Notre Dame, maybe. Uh, but in like in 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 football, like the Bills would be the biggest one now. The Browns are on that list. Um, the Cleveland Guardians, I guess, in baseball. Um, and like, there, there's a few of them out there. But I think the T- Toronto Maple Leafs and in, in, in the NHL may be the biggest one. But Georgia were one of those. Georgia was one of those, and Georgia is not going to be another one of those, probably for our lifetimes. Right, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, like if, if you think about it that way, like they, like I don't know how long I'm gonna make it, but 41 years, I got a chance at 87. I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy. Um, I got a chance, but one way or the other, I will not be able. I will not be 70 years old and and saying, "Yep, I moved to Georgia and I've been here out here for for 40 freaking years and they never won one." I can't say that now. And you can't, Tony, you won't say that now. And Scott, you can't say that now. And my kids can't say that now. And that is something that is now gone and now you just get to concentrate on you know hey i hope my team wins it'd be awesome win another championship that's a huge deal and it's not nothing and, and i i'm i personally think georgia fans will go more to the cubs direction than the red sox fans direction though i'm sure alabama auburn tennessee florida fans will think otherwise and screw them who cares uh <laughs> but uh but i do think that that is a uh i think that's a special thing that should not be lost that that 
thing of like the oh, Georgia fans and like I got a little wistful. I've been making fun of the SEC shorts all year. I got a little wistful when they said goodbye. I, I hope did. I got a little wistful. I did. I did. And so I think that uh, I think it's undeniable that there's there's a burden empty now. There's a there's a burden uh, off of everyone's back now, and it really will be off for the rest of your lives. And that is not nothing. Well, I think it's weird that you believe in people more than I do, Will. But um, <laughs> I think you're right about a couple of things. It, it will be quite some time before before we're in a situation where. Um, we are willing to have open warfare with each other uh, between Disney dog and real dogs and on the whole thing, just because of that. Right. Um, and we, then there'll be plenty of time for talking about this, but uh, talking about the leeway Kirby has bought himself with his fan base. It, it will be, unless things go extraordinarily poorly in, in the vein of Ed Orgeron or Gene Chizik, which is hard to see. Um, you know, he has bought himself a, a, so much goodwill with his fan base that the it's even hard. I would posit that anybody said if Kirby doesn't win one this year, he might be on hot seat talk. I <laughs> I disagree with that, but you know, I'm inside the house, um, and I'm also extraordinarily realistic. The other part about that is I think you're right in that we will probably be more tend tend to lean more towards Cubs fans rather than White Sox fans because. We have um, we have an, an appreciation for we have a yeah, I'm harking back to men and blazers. I, I think Georgia fans generally don't view themselves as better people solely by the virtue of their fans of a national championship team uh, in the way that other fan bases may. And and I'm trying not to go too far down the road. Um, I'm thinking specifically of Florida, um, but. Uh, there are other fan bases that that may well be that way. Alabama is not that way, surprisingly. Uh, maybe not surprisingly, but right? But they don't. I mean, I think there are Alabama fans that have not bathed themselves in glory. I think specifically those that are willing to have fights that this is, um, you know, Georgia's best team could could barely beat Saban's third best team, or you know, all the stuff, whatever. I mean. I, I listened to the Feinbaum bit for like long enough for Feinbaum to say, do you have people with you? Are you okay? Uh, and I was like, all right, this, there's, there are no winners here if I keep watching this. <clears throat> and I think that we are in a position as fans to really craft the narrative of George fandom because we have rightfully or wrongfully so gotten an interesting rap from national and local media about our inability to see the fun in being successful but not winning a championship okay now we won a championship you have to look are we going to become the guys that we should always win championships because we won one are we going to become are we going to keep being who i've i think i've always been which is dude i want to be in the game every year i want to be in the opportunity to be there because you can't win a championship i am not like we've all seen the twitter polls which would you rather be would you rather be uh, 10 and 2 every season and have a shot of playing for a championship? Or would, would you rather be uh, guaranteed one championship, but also know that you're going to end up being 3 and 9? Essentially, Auburn, right? <laughs> well, I, I will tell you which one I want to be. I want to be the team that's always in the hunt, even if you don't win one. And the reason for that is that's easier on me mentally and emotionally. And that means I'm supporting something that is. That's showing consistency and excellence. Uh, and that's just me. But I think, 
and hope that Georgia fans will be that way. Well, the nice thing now is you don't have to choose. You can no. just be 10 and two every year. Cause you've already won a championship. <laughs> also, so. like, let me, let me also say how cool was it to see the picture of golf, Rick, Donnan, yeah. Oh and yeah. Dooley at the celebration. Oh, and yeah. Kirby specifically mentioning all four of those guys. Yeah. Um, and then, then Sankey, Sankey coming off the top rope first off with like, Hey, I think 14 playoff worked out pretty good for us. <laughs> and also like straight up calling out other fan bases saying, I've never been to a full stadium in January for one of these. And yeah. all of that is, uh, I didn't get to go. So talking about reason we're on zoom, uh, I'm in my life, both ended up getting COVID while we were in Indianapolis, uh, so far, so good. I mean, if you can listen a little bit, you can tell them a little stuff. You have had a cough. Otherwise, I don't feel I felt no worse. Saturday was the worst day I felt and felt like I did when I got my booster. Uh, Kristen's doing fine. Also, just a little cough and sniffles, uh, which is why we're on Zoom. But also, that was the reason I missed the celebration. And and I, while I'm bummed about that, I did watch you know the full nine hour coverage on the WSB or whatever it was, uh, and it was a, a tremendous honor. And I was very proud to be able to, to watch Georgia fans show up like that. I got texts from, uh, obviously I got texts from people that are Ohio state, Southern Cal fans, uh, Illinois fans, other fans from around the nation when Georgia won. But when the, when the, the video of that celebration showed up on ESPN, I was starting to text us again. It's like, wait a minute, 95,000 people showed up in the stadium for a trophy <laughs> presentation. I was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It took like, Two of my kids took our seats and went, and it took them four and a half hours to get home. That's that's how crazy it was. And it it makes me immensely proud that Bulldog Nation showed out like that to be a part of something that that will show up and support this team in the way they did. Um, it really is fun to be a part of something like this. Um, okay, a couple notes on that. One, uh uh, first about about the COVID, uh, I I did see you uh, there. I've had no symptoms. I've been trying to get a test, but like the rest of America, it's impossible to get a test right now. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I I just hope I didn't. I hope I didn't give it to you and make you miss it. It's fun. Yeah, look, 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 I have on. Um, I have had a standing. I've had a standing comment ready, readily available. It's like if I make it to Tuesday after the national championship game without COVID, I'll be happy. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't I do not say this lightly. I swear to God, I don't. Uh, and I say this with the, you know, the, like everything short of just being asymptomatic on uh, if this is as bad as it is, it was worth it because, um, uh, you know, like I, I'm, I am boosted. I have, I, I wore a K95 mask. I, I, on the, on the plane and everything, I, you know, we did not go into any bars. I went into one place to say, Hey, some friends I had breakfast with online and so far, everyone else that was with us that night, uh, it stayed with us, either stayed with us in any or there at the condo uh, Monday night are not sick. Uh, and I can live with that. Yeah. Well, well, the second notion on happier notes, uh, which is the, the celebration. As someone that lives in five points, I can confirm. Uh, now I know what a, a game day Saturday would look like mm-hmm. if there were no parking restrictions. <laughs> I now know that. For God's sake, it was like Woodstock around here. <laughs> people, just people having. I'm so. Um, can you imagine if the snowstorm would have hit no. Saturday? Uh, with, with people already because like, it was a nightmare moving. Like, you know, Scott, you parked at our place, but like we walked over there and just getting around. Like I, we all almost got hit like six times because there's all these people coming in from all over the place who have, who are like 
wait, there is a residential neighborhood. What's <laughs> this? And so the, uh, the idea of, uh, them parking all on all of our streets is very kind of amusing. I'm made me appreciate. Hey, hey, uh, I'm, I'm waving. To, <laughs> yeah, my wife just showed up and she's fixing me another drink because okay, good. I need a bartenderess. <laughs> uh, uh, huh? But uh, yeah, so it was Same. it was pretty crazy. Uh, we, I did not go to the actual event, but I did did watch the parade and it was great. And Scott, you were there inside. How was it? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, the parade was great. Uh, my my favorite part of the parade was watching how excited. Nicobe Dean was. Uh, he stood out to me. Uh, he was pointing. He was taking pictures. People were coming up to him. I didn't see that happening really to anybody but him. And then later I read that uh, a staffer had to come get him uh, from the, the dog walk because of how many photos he was taking and, and, and handshaking. So, so that, that, was just, that was just like, it was an out-of-body experience pretty much, the parade, because I kept saying like, it's January 15th. And as I looked down Lumpkin Street from Cedar Street, kind of looking down the hill towards Bolton Dining Hall and, and the Tate Center, it, it looked like that photo from uh, the widespread show back in like 97 that was taken overhead. There were that many people there. And then Did, being, didn't Kirby Smart directly reference that 94 show? I think he show did. After the national championship in the press conference. That's right. Everything runs together. Was, yeah. And I had several friends again, you know. I, I'm not a big widespread fan, fan because I like songs to have beginning, middle, and ends. Uh, but I know that they're big around here. And you will uh, not, you will not, you will not talk bad about widespread. It's fine, I'm Will. Not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan it's either. It's fine. I get that. I, I, if you, if if widespread fans took that as an insult to say that I appreciate songs that have beginning, middle, and ends, I feel like that's on them. Uh, but I will say that uh, the number of people that after he said that text me like, yeah, I was at that show. <laughs> yeah, I was at that show. So it was great. Yeah. Uh, his, it was like uh, I it definitely. Was, I feel Eight. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like he earned, he definitely earned some Gen X cred. Uh, I think no question with that. And sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, sometimes Will and I don't agree on things, but I do agree with your, your take on widespread. And I am, I went to school here. I was at that concert. I don't know, but I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to digress in a uh, Athens band uh, bashing, but uh, but yeah, give me REM all day long. Over, give me, uh, I mean, like, I, listen, all you know about me is I'm a neutral milk hotel person and not a widespread <laughs> right. person. I can't <laughs> yeah. put it any more clearly than that. As it comes to the stadium, the cool thing that I liked with the athletic department did was they gave you the seats that your season tickets. So I saw all the friends of mine that I sit next to at the game because we were all just kind of, uh, you know thunderstruck pretty much the fact that just a month and a half ago, we were saying, see you in September. It's always kind of sad and somber as we were walking out the Charleston Southern game, because, you know, you're, you're, you've bonded with these people you've sat with for 15 years and you won't see them for another nine months. Um, so it was like, Hey, you're back. Um, so that, that was, that was really sweet um, to be able to kind of just take, we took a bunch of pictures together. You could tell Josh Brooks, and I was telling you this afterwards. Well, you can tell Josh Brooks is the, the man for the job and, and has done an outstanding job since he took over a year ago because that thing was run like a Baptist church because it started <laughs> it started on time and it ended four minutes early. And it is wild. It, it was the number amazing. Of TV people, the number of TV people that were like, they're on the first and be like, wait, like it's here? Like when it's supposed to be here? Right. We have literally never covered an event that's been on time ever. Right. It was really, really impressive. It started like bam, think- bam, bam. That thing was paced like Sports Center. It was yes. like a minute within a second of his life. Yeah. No, and, and I got to get a, a shout out to DJ Shockley. Dude did an amazing job emceeing the event. I thought he was the perfect uh, choice, well, obviously, because he's the analyst on the, the for the, the radio uh, broadcast. But he did a great job of just kind of moving things along, 
Um, I love Greg Sankey's comments. Um, I have gotten messages um, from, I made a little video that I put on YouTube as well um, about uh, my day at the parade and in the stadium. And in it, I got this, the part where Kirby was kissing the crystal football and it looked like he and Josh Brooks were about to drop it. And everybody was holding their collective breaths, thinking that Orson Charles was somewhere nearby. Uh, but it was placed back on the, the pedestal perfectly. The raising of the banner uh, made me nervous again because uh, it looked like it was going to get stuck and everything. But then at the end, a good burst of wind blew it to where it was flapping. Really, there was nothing wrong with it. Um, again, the pure joy that I saw from my boys who went with me, the pure joy that, that was ever vescent on my body. Uh, and then everybody else there is like, it's like, we've, if we've turned a new leaf, we've, we've, I'm trying to use a biblical reference, you know, when the, the scales fought, fell off our eyes or something like that, man, I mean, <laughs> Tony's laughing. I think that was when Saul became Paul. Uh, but it, it was, it's something, it was like a religious experience for me, as you can tell. Jason Kirk's going to be mad at us for getting on his other jam. <laughs> so, Wait, we, we talked we talked about uh we talked about christian rap turned grunge and now this so right yes, yes. right Saul becoming paul i'm trying to i feel like i'm trying to i guess that would be if we got a dare to become a georgia fan there you after. go that would be <laughs> it that would be Saul pers- Paul. You, why is the dust thou persecuted? <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah no i i the parade was very very cool i'm sorry that you missed it tony but it was it was it was packed it was and i, I you know i feel worth it um i i don't know uh, if they win another one, if 92,000 people are going to come out like that again, which, you know, this speaks to, well, I think that's win- totally fair. I think it's yeah. totally fair. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not blaming yeah. anybody. I'm not, I get it. Yeah. But It'll like, be a stigma know, next time. Yeah. 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 Which is totally fine. I think that's great. And I would also argue that is another reason to appreciate this so much Amen. because it happens like they, they're, they're probably going to win another title. I think they may win another title. Not that long. Like, do, do I think they're going to win their t- another title before my kids go to college? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think they're going to win another before I, before I get, and A, that feels like a cool thing to say because they used to be, will they win one before we die? <laughs> and now we know, <laughs> nope, nope, we're not going to win one. Uh, but secondly, I do feel that like when the next one happens, it will be great. It will be fantastic. It won't quite be this. It won't quite be this. This is the sort of, this is the, yep, it's the, uh, now I can die in peace. The old, the old Bill Simmons line about, uh, about the Red Sox. I think there's something to that. Um, one thing we have not talked, we, we haven't really talked about the game too much. I don't know if we want to talk too much about the game just because everyone's experienced. So I break it down. Everyone, it's been a week. I do, however, think we should probably talk about Stetson Bennett uh, because that feels. Uh, I think that the the, the joke. I think we were joking uh, afterwards. I was joking on the on the podcast with LZ uh, of all the pictures of Stetson after the game of with the cigar with the with the drink of the bottle of rye at some point. Someone referred to it as king shit, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, Whatever one's like, obviously a, the dude went under a lot all year from me and everybody else. But I mean, uh, it's, I don't like whatever. We, we're not gonna talk about 2022, 2020, the next 22 season, but like whatever happens, he has that forever. 
if he goes out next year and has a three to 27 interception ratio, he still is a legend forever. <laughs> like, like the, the, I feel like the only way that, that it, this can be taken away from him to quote the great Norm McDonald is if you kill your ex-wife and a waiter. <laughs> like, I feel like so like this is like it was amazing it was amazing he proved uh forget proving everyone wrong he overcame a pretty wretched first half and did it and he did it and he and and did it in a way that uh uh th- th- to see I actually got lost at one point reading all of his old tweets from like 2016 and 17 to, to realize oh he doesn't know what's coming or does he? And I think there's something very exciting and very fun. Like is, is the guy, as much as someone can call their shot, the guy called a shot and uh, he's got that forever. It is. And as someone again, who grew up cheering for Georgia, like one of the things that was exciting about him, that I think was something that Kirby smart seemed to share as well was, Oh, these are people who have actually been rooting for Georgia forever and actually appreciate this. And I feel like that helps, right? This is like, Listen, if Brett Bielema wins this first championship for Georgia, it's obviously still awesome. But to have the quarterback and the and, and the coach be people who appreciate all of this because they know how long this was and have been there from the beginning, I think that adds an extra level to it. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I don't know. You probably, but it could be because of the social media I curate and I try to be very careful about it because I know some people in Stetson's family, I've seen some videos of him, like as the two-headed 11-year-old, them asking him things like, why do you practice so hard? And it's like, so I can excel at championships, right? Okay. I mean, and these are, this is like stuff I've seen on the internet. Um, and it's, um, it has, I've had several conversations, including uh, multiple ones with John DuPont, who is the voice of the Pierce County Bears. You might recognize him. He was the original home team here in Athens. Um, John is a, a, a teacher at Pierce County High School. And it, the conversations I've had with him are like, it's nuts here. It's like we've had national media coming in wanting interviews with people and they keep cycling to me. It's like, I don't feel like I should be the one, but the family's like, we just need to hold off. Um, and it is an incredible thing to think about the fact that, um, Will, you spent a great deal of time talking about with the transition from Rick to Kirby being the end of the Georgia way. Um, and there's something about that that never quite set right with me. And I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. It totally changed. A transition. Uh, I would not say the transition. The right, transition right. to a new version of it. And the transition to the Georgia way is um, – you know, it might this might only be a one-year thing, but maybe the Georgia way is like slow walk-ons from South Georgia. I don't know. Um, either way, or fast walk-ons from North North Central Georgia. Hey, Dan Jackson. Um, so um, it is. Uh, there is nothing about this entire thing. You, you've made a lot of comparisons. You and I talked about this riding to the airport Thursday, uh, Tuesday morning. There is, uh, but there's nothing about this that makes me feel like the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals in that, um, well, well, first off, the Cardinals had won some, some World Series a little more recently than, than Georgia had. Right. The other part is this was not a, hey, look what we found, nas- uh, national championship. This was, we were the best team all season, save one night in Atlanta, and um and I'm not I'm not here to say it's a coronation. I'm not here to say it's anything other than a very good team broke through and won a national championship. But I'm also not willing to say 
we somehow backed into this thing or somehow ended up finding, you know, it, it found, ended up being found money. Yeah. And Will, how you, you know, to kind of circle back on what you said about Stetson, something I've been meaning to bring up in past podcasts, recent past podcasts, was you and I were sitting next to each other for the Georgia South Carolina game. JT Daniels started that game. Georgia was up 14 to three. The third series of that game, Stetson came in and on, his, on the second play, he threw an interception. And I remember you and I looked at each other kind of like, eh, we're not going to see him again. And we didn't <laughs> for that game. Right. You know, we, we were thinking that the great experiment of the fourth string yeah. walk-on was that over. It was this year. It was this, it was year. this year. Yeah. And, and, you know, just it's amazing because I felt that also. You know, we were both kind of just grimacing like, oh, yeah, nice try, oh, Kirby. For crying out loud, Graham, what's, the, what's the Graham guy that the, the, on Twitter, Tony, Graham Carroll or Graham, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy, the really good Georgia. Graham, Graham Coffee, dog out Coffee, West. Yeah. yeah, he's really good. But, you know, he tweeted in the first half, maybe Georgia needs to consider a quarterback change mm. of the national championship game. <laughs> like there were people thinking that then. Right. I'm not blaming him. He's hardly alone. something that was never going to happen. Right? Yeah, I know. But like he was acknowledging what I think a lot of people were thinking as early, as late as the first half. <laughs> Whenever, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, whenever he signs with Disney to do his movie. I mean, it's everybody said this, but it's never been more true. Um, kind of like what you said. And you could probably have you start picking out who's going to play Kirby Smart, who's going to play Stetson in it. Uh, I think you have already have you have an actor in mind already. You've kind of mentioned it, haven't you? I think Timothee got to beef up. Timotei there we go. Chalamet. There we go. He's got to beef up. To, they've got their eyes are similar. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I don't, don't know about <laughs> McConaughey. Not McConaughey. No. Brad Cooper. Brad Cooper. There you go. For for Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a little tall, but. Um, but a couple of things as we kind of close on this things that I found out today. Um, the hashtag Go Dogs on Twitter that shows the nice little power G. It's going to stay there according to multiple sources, because I asked the question. I was no, like, no, no, that's the thing. That's the thing that happens all year. That's amazing. National championship. Yeah. And I Logan, Logan was the one that, that uh, kind of came up. But yeah, you know, we've all, I've thoroughly enjoyed the go dogs and with the power G on Twitter, the hashtag. So yes, listeners, if you didn't know, because I just found out this morning, it will stay until someone can unseat Georgia. So that's enough of a reason for Georgia <laughs> to win the next national championship as well. Also, the national championship official Georgia logo that you've seen everywhere. Um, if you go to Twitter and look up Chad Moorhead, he works for University of Georgia and he designed the logo and pinned to his profile is a deep dive on what everything means. And it is fascinating. Like even from, I'll, I'll give you one example. The top of the crest is the outline of Lucas Oil Stadium, which yeah. I, you know, after I read that, I'm like, it looks exactly like that little crest. It's a unique looking stadium from it. Everything down to how many spikes are on the collar. I'm not going to go through and them the all. color of the spikes and the color of the spikes. So, I mean, design uh, really it just further emphasizes how lucky we are as Georgia fans, because the Georgia athletic department treats it so seriously, like, you know, the business that it is. I mean, and the fact they take such care with the video uh, creation, how they already redid the Saturday in Athens that we saw in the stadium, which was electrifying 
um, with the the highlights of, of of Ringo and even highlights from the the Orange Bowl uh, to fill in. It's a world class operation um, from the videographers, photographers, editors, and uh, graphic designers. I mean, we're lucky, uh, and I I don't think we should take that for granted. How lucky we are. So you guys, I don't know if you know this, but uh, um, uh, it's been a week since Georgia won the national championship. And we're going to do a big show. We're going to do a big in-person show once we get through this. Probably, uh, I would guess, uh, perhaps before the Super Bowl or maybe right after the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll do it do here? It. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Well, good. Because uh, I have half of that Coke left. And it's, it's ready for y'all to take take a step <laughs> No chance. Um, but I will say, uh, I, maybe this is a good way to close uh, to close the feelings podcast before we're more rational later. Uh, one week later, and I will let each of you go. You guys have to go last this because you guys have have been a part of this longer than I have. But one week later, uh, I will answer the question first, and you can. I I still feel. I find myself again because I'm so, still relatively new to this because it only took me eight and a half years to get the title. I know what the rest of you were were, were dawdling on, uh, but uh, because I've not been as long this as long as the rest of you, I find myself obviously happy. I root for Georgia and I'm glad they won, but I find myself happier for other people and to see the joy that this has brought people uh, and to and to people that I care about and to people in my neighborhood and people at my kids' school and my friends and and. It's it's exciting to see how happy this has made people. Um, so uh, that's how I'm still feeling about it a week later. It's obviously exciting. I'm glad I was there to see it. But uh, you know, one of the most fun things about this when I started doing, I, I kind of agreed for us to do this podcast. Part of the idea was that like I had only been here for like two years. I didn't really know anyone. I knew like you, two of you, and like a couple other people. I didn't really know anybody. And I wanted to get like more connected to the city that I lived in, the, the town I lived in and where I was planning on staying for a long time and still have. Um, and so one of the great, the, I, this podcast has helped me do that. And it's helped me meet so many people that are so happy still a week later. And to, to, to me, that was the best part of the parade. Just like that dude that, uh, that, that beat the construction guy up and took his vest <laughs> so that he could look at the Vince, da- Vince Dooley uh, statue, just sit there with that, just like lopsided. Holy cow. That really happened. Uh, uh, look on their face. It's been pretty exciting to see around town and really around the fan base in general. So how about you guys? Tell me, tell me how you're feeling a week out. Yeah. Get all up in your feelings one last time. Cause we're going to be cold and rational after this. So uh, get uh, Scott, get into your feelings one last time. Well, uh, the way I feel now is after the game, I've watched a handful of sporting events, casually NFL playoffs, a couple of college basketball games. And I find myself almost giddy laughing because these people are celebrating what a playoff win or, you know, a big East win because we just won the national title. It's a weird feeling. I feel like I'm in for this week silently. And I wouldn't be this way uh, outwardly towards anybody of any other fan base, but I feel better than them. I feel like I'm better off than them because of what our team just did. And um, like watching Kansas City throttle Pittsburgh, I, I was actually looking at the Kansas City fans getting all excited or the Bengals fans for finally winning a winning a playoff game since 1990. I was like, eh, OK, you know, I'm happy for you, but I've got it better than you do. And I do. I like that. idea. I like the idea of you going to fu- you going to like future weddings and being like, I'm happy for you. Right. I mean, it's not my wife. My <laughs> wife is awesome, but That's I'm right. happy for you. I, I, I like that. I like, kind of like that vibe. 
Let me interject real quick. I know the, the my wife is awesome part. It is true because we mentioned on a previous podcast, I think the Orange Bowl postgame, she correctly picked that Michigan would score 11. It's on video. I have video evidence. She correctly picked that Georgia would score 33 points in the national championship game. So we need to go to Vegas again, and she needs to start playing roulette because she always seems to win at numbers. Speaking of wives, um, not the first memory I have of my wife, but the first memory I have of my wife's fandom is something I've repeated before on the podcast is the 2001 Auburn game uh, when it was Jasper saying stopped at the goal line and the clock ran out. Um, we were leaving the stadium because a friend of mine was uh, dating someone that was an Auburn fan. We sat in the Auburn section because she was worried about Georgia people. <laughs> yeah, they broke up shortly thereafter. and was a good thing for everybody. Um, but we were walking out and there was an Auburn bro with his tie crooked. And uh, he was running his mouth. Oh, we kicked her ass. We kicked her ass. Got in her face a little bit. Um, so got in her face and said that. And she looked at him level-eyed and said, it's going to be real funny. When you get those, dude, got your ass knocked out by a bitch. At which point I started claiming dibs. Uh, and and to, to be fair, to be fair, she already claimed dibs on me. Um, to get to share that with her uh, and, and and all the Georgia people. My, you know, like I took my dad to the championship game in 17. He, uh, I still remember where I watched the Sugar Bowl in 1981. Uh, I was at my cousin's house in Waycross. And the joy on my father's face who had worked like literally as a young, uh, you know, recently relocated to Atlanta um, person, he would come to Athens and work as a work for Pinkerton security to get to come to the Georgia games for free Um, to, to see, to talk to John DuPont and to see his joy at what's happening, not just for Stetson, but the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, all the people you've talked about, Scott, the people you've talked about, this means so much to, to us because we, we're dog people, and it is incredible to get to be on top of something and to say, like, we, there's been a hashtag dogs on top. But after when, when I text Georgia's finally won the national championship, I think I actually texted zero days, and I was trying, like, okay, what hashtag am I going to use? It was like dogs on top. It made the most sense to me. Um, Dogs are on top, and it's going to be a long time until it's going to be well into this offseason before I worry about what defending a championship means because we're champions now, and that's incredible. It really is. It really is, guys. This is the first podcast we have done as national champions. There will be more, but this is the first one which is pretty awesome. Um, all right. So we will uh, tell you when you get all mended and then I get back from New York, we'll all, uh, we'll all, uh, uh, we'll get together because uh, we have lots of stuff to go over. I hope it's okay with everyone. We did not break down the JT Daniels news or anything else, but I'm not ready to talk about that. And I think it's like, uh, hey, I, if I your last name is Smith, you're coming back to Georgia. That's what, yeah, you exactly. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, all right, guys. Well, listen, uh, congratulations to the 2022 national champion georgia bulldogs congratulations to us for being a podcast about that team which is pretty exciting until then uh hey everybody go dogs go dogs and thanks so much for listening to our happy go lucky uh feelings episode for lack of a better term it was a very feelings episode 
Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast, and we'll be back with another show uh, sooner than later. We don't know the date yet, but it'll be sooner than later. So uh, we'll see you on campus sometime soon. And as always, go dogs. No, I, I cut it off too early. Anyway, that's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. All right. Good show. Yay. Good show. Good show. Good show. Good show.